Welcome to another episode of Hemp Barons. I'm Dan Humiston, and on today's show, Joy takes us on a deep dive into some of the equipment necessary to grow and process hemp with one of hemp's largest United States-based growing and extraction manufacturer. Let's join Joy's conversation with Derek Oxford from Total Grow Controls. Well, thank you for being with us on the show today, Derek. Welcome to Hemp Barons. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you, Derek Oxford, what is your role at Total Grow Technologies? So I am the uh, founder and the CEO um, at Total Grow Control. We've been uh, uh, in this space roughly uh, five years now. And that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I was interested in having you on Hemp Barons, unlike many of the fly-by night or just popping up uh, grow and processing equipment companies that are out there, uh, Total Grow is quite established. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you offer specifically in in the hemp industries? Yeah, so we came out of uh, heavy industry. I actually came from Ashland Oil before I started the company. Our focus was uh, always controls, uh, process related. About five years ago, we identified the need to help cultivators. And, and, and one of the things we identified was they need the same level of sophistication that we would see uh, in manufacturing and uh, mainstream manufacturing, whether it's making a car or uh, producing a product line for cosmetics or for alcohol production. At the end of the day, those companies and industries have been established so they have highly sophisticated systems everywhere from the production systems to the ERP systems to manage them. And, and we found that this industry was really missing it. So our goal was to, to bring that same level of sophistication, both from an automation, but from a process standpoint uh, to this industry to try to, to help it move along. And I, I think we've done, we've done quite well with that. So, and, and as I wanted to make sure that uh, we sort of established when we say this industry, understand that the hemp industries are human and animal nutrition, body care, pharmaceuticals, paper, textiles, building materials, biocomposites, bioresins, industrial sealants and coatings, energy, supercapacitors, fuel, nanotechnology, biomedical applications. Dear Lord, somebody stop me, Derek. So when you say this industry, let's get let's get real specific here about what to- the industry within hemp that Total Grow is assisting with. And what industry is that within hemp? I mean, the, the hemp industry is vast. And I, and I think a lot of people forget the fact that when Henry Ford built the Rouge, he built it with hemp in mind for many of the feedstocks that he needed to build a car. Everything from the seats, the paints, and some of the coatings that he wanted to have in cars, he, he always had hemp in mind. So this is an industry that, that for a while was uh, pushed to the side, ignored or not acknowledged, and now it's coming back. And, and there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in this industry. And we're just a little bitty, tiny, tiny part of it. And our, our goal is to help our cultivators and our processors um, bring that level of uh, both automation and sophistication that all the rest of the industry has, right? So we, 
we, we try to help our cultivators. So let me just ask you, let me ask you again so that, so that I can really frame it for you and for the listeners here. And that's part of why the Hemp Industries Association in 1994, it's actually plural. So that's why I want to make sure that when we say the hemp industry, that, that you, if you could just answer this question for the listeners, which industry within hemp is total growth? And I, I guess what I'm trying to get out of you here is to say, are we talking about hemp extract, hemp cannabinoids, hemp terpenes, as opposed to all of these others? So when you say helping the cultivator and helping the processor cultivate what type of plants and process what type of product? Let, let's just focus on that for a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so let's back up. So from a, from a cultivation point of view, our systems are designed to help control the, the, the grow itself. So our systems are designed to control the environment, the lighting, nutrient delivery, to track how the plants are growing. So it gives the grower the ability to see the same data and dashboard and to have the same level of controls that uh, other groups have. So then let me ask you this so we can, again, just get really specific. And I'm so sorry here um, that that we're not getting down to it. No. So the only type of hemp that is grown indoors is not hemp for oilseed or fiber or, or grain or, or for fiber. The only type of hemp that is grown indoors is our hemp that is sown for what, Derek? What type of products? So our we, we actually have customers that 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 do it for several so we have one customer that grows hemp indoors only for seeds and turns around and sells that back out to the market we have another customer that grows hemp only for flower indoors so it depends on the customer and the location and and we take that we we're the high level view of controlling that facility right um, we have we have several companies. So so then I guess what I really want to make sure that the listeners understand, and it's all about education here at Hemp Barons, is that the only type of hemp that is grown indoors in a, in a greenhouse or some other indoor facility is not the hundreds of thousands of acres and millions of acres um, with regard to grain, which is that that beautiful nutrient-dense superfood, the hemp seed, the highest digestible form of protein, or for fiber, that long, strong stock that we make so many industrial applications with. But certainly folks who are maintaining seeds in a breeding program or are, are cultivating seeds for further propagation, those are often done in, in a greenhouse um, as well as outdoors. And then, of course, hemp sown for cannabinoids or terpenes for its extract. So that's what I just wanted to make sure the listeners knew that this is a, a fairly narrow conversation on a huge industry, which is driving all of the infrastructure for all of the use of all of these other parts of, of that plant. So that's what I was trying to get to. And thank you. Now tell, tell us about your processing. So, so absolutely. So it, it's interesting you say that because that, that's, uh, that's actually how we think about the market and how we drive what we do, the the current markets that you talk about are for direct consumers, right? They don't go. These are process. These are um, uh, hemp cultivation facilities that are using it to go in to make oils or extracts, right? Or uh, seeds for further propagation, um, or flour for smokable 
um, smokable consumption, right? And that that's primarily our customer base. And but the beauty of this is those margins that this industry allows helps us better develop systems for the ancillary markets uh, that we see uh, coming later for more hemp processing and, and other types of markets. So right now, yes, our, our focus and our, most of our, all of our customers are for flour, for hemp that will be um, extracted to produce oils. And then last but not least, the ancillary to, for cloning and for seed propagation. And then, and then the other side of our business is actually the extraction side. So we develop and build uh, extraction systems for CBD oil. So we 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 kind of touch both sides of it now. Excellent. And and what type of, what do you see as as the preferred method of lighting for indoor hemp growers who are growing for extract as opposed to cultivation? And then perhaps if you would share with us the preferred method or at least what you're seeing in terms of sales for extraction. We see so much debate over CO2 versus ethanol. And then, of course, the old schoolers that are like, butane is still the best to preserve it all. And if you wash out all of the residual solvents, you're good. So what are you seeing there at Total Grow for these choices? You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, LEDs have made a very, very strong push onto the market. But but we're still talking about cultivation, right? Which still requires that human touch, that 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 human eye to see. Um, and and so we find now, even though LEDs have made a tremendous push, the economics are there from from an energy saving standpoint. They're they're still fairly costly. Um, and most all of the growers that we have usually do some type of hybrid system where they'll have HPSs and LEDs and that's how they kind of get the energy savings they want and they use the BTUs from the HPSs and most all of them are happy with this mix. So overall, we've seen both um, where it's just LEDs or just HPSs, but for the most part, we believe the market is really leaning toward these hybrid systems. And for, uh, indeed, we're seeing a a lot of the the hybrid systems getting getting the, the optimal performance. And for the listeners who don't know what HPS is, could you enlighten them, sir? Yes, sure, sure. Those are high pressure sodiums. Those are the most common methods for uh, indoor uh, cultivation for, uh, for this market and say for cannabis. Uh, and these two um, are very similar. So um, a lot of indoor co- cultivation for hemp really looks toward the cannabis space and their many year track record of building indoor, uh, to, of growing indoors on which direction to go. So that's that's the big driver. So a lot of a lot of the innovation that you see, a lot of the lighting choices you see, a lot of the uh, nutrient delivery you see is really was really uh, a spinoff of of indoor cannabis grows and now has switched gears to 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 hemp. Indeed, it's it's pretty fascinating. And how about some problems that you see in greenhouses that Total Grow can, in fact, help to solve? What are some sort of common issues? We've got a lot of folks wanting to get in on this opportunity, you know, retiring from their software or law careers to get into hemp farming, um, but don't necessarily have the experience or the ability to see around corners 
uh, like someone who has been doing this type of work for some time um, would have the ability to do? What are some problems, common problems that you're seeing and how does Total Grow heal that pain for folks? Uh, there's a there's a bunch of common problems. So one one of the uh, one of the biggest ones is is usually, um, and it, and it's funny you mentioned that the people that are retiring and we get we get a, a good bit of those where hey I'm you know I'm I'm retiring I've got this fun we've got a group of us we're going to go build something, and and right away that scares me because these are physicians attorneys uh, software people like you said. And, and they have very little experience with this. And what we see coming out of the woodwork a lot of um, is what I call what they call themselves as master growers. Right. And, and they come out of the woodwork and and they go talk to these people and, and these people don't know any better. And it's convinced them that I'm a master grower and been growing forever. Turns out the guy's been growing in his basement or his garage for the past 10 years. And, and he, he he considers that his expertise and, and scaling up to the size of these systems is complex and the size of these grows. And what we see happen a lot is they're led in directions by these guys that are so-called experts um, and they don't rely on the tools or don't use the tools that are out there to do it correctly. And there's, there's tons of choices on how to uh, control the environment, how to control lighting, how to control the entire uh, cultivation facility. Um, and, and first things we'll see is this master grower will normally be pretty apprehensive about, oh, we don't want to bring technology in. We have to talk to the plants. But we, we also find that's the same guy that doesn't perform. And so the way Total Grow Control really helps our customers are we, we have a platform that allows them to document and to put everything into one spot to control all those ancillary systems so that if that master grower um, doesn't perform, which we find almost 50% of the time he doesn't, or if he or she disappears or if he's um, uh, hungover or decides to um, be sick or, or, or hold his owner hostage, which we see happen, you, you still have a control system with all that information there to manage it. And that control system we call Eden, Eden, uh, is never high, is never sick, is never on vacation. Eden's job is to take care of the plants and at the end of the day, take care of the overall facility. So it's no longer it's no longer to the whim of this master grower that we see come out of the woodwork now. And that's one of the, by far the biggest problems we see. The other one is there's just a tremendous amount of information. And it's not just us that sees this. Uh, you've probably got... 10 plus high-end uh, lighting vendors that all say they are the best. You've got uh, just as much in controls, just as much in ACs. And, and, and what we see, and this is across the board, is it's very difficult to have everybody on a level, uh, level playing field, right? Because we start talking about how much light production is being given or how efficient an air conditioning is or how efficient the control system is. And we're not all talking the same language. So, so there's a, there's a breakdown there because there's no standardization across. And that even, even goes all the way into the extraction and to the quality of the CBDs, because, you know, that's the other half of our business is we see, we see people talking about, 
uh, miners and we see people, people talk about extraction and extraction efficiencies and then their methodologies, whether it be uh, hydrocarbon based or CO2 based or ethanol based. And, and we, we see these, these claims that unfortunately are not um, standardized. And so it's very difficult for anybody getting into the industry to be able to identify the differences and really um, work through all these differences in order to find out what's best or what really has the claimed efficiencies or gains um, as stated. And, and I think that's really, really one of our biggest challenges coming up, especially on the CBD production side. Very much so. And, and I think what a lot of folks don't understand, and especially as, as the experienced folks trying to, to rightfully separate themselves in the marketplaces, no matter, you can have the greatest equipment in the world, the latest, the greatest, but it's still part science, part art here. You've really got to have those experienced extractors there who understand the equipment and have such experience with it that they know how to preserve as much of that original profile as possible. And so, and so we're, uh, and this talent, of course, is pretty valuable as this uh, emerging industry exponentially takes root in this country. You probably saw the Gallup poll back in August. Uh, of 2019, so just a few short months ago in summertime, um, that said one out of every seven Americans are using a CBD product. That's some 14% of the United States, pretty major. So you're getting a lot of phone calls, I'm assuming, uh, then at Total Grow for of folks who want in. Yeah, we get we get a tremendous amount of calls now, and uh, my phone numbers actually made it out, so I get calls all the time, and I, I'll, I'll get calls from groups I've never heard of, and they heard about our uh, our big thing right now is our TAC remediation equipment is is probably we feel is one of the best solutions on the market just because it has no consumables, um, and it really does a good job of keeping uh, not destroying all the miners. And 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 one of our biggest challenges is is what I just said before was is is that is the vernacular right getting everybody on the same page and we talk about the same thing because when you start talking about a full spectrum and then some say it's a broad spectrum and, and, and we're talking we're we're talking about the the that CBD product that's going out to the 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 packager the end user. But there's there's still a little bit of deviation between what what is that product and what does it really look like and at what point is it to the level that we all agree is 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 the common way to uh, uh, to describe it. So we 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 think that's where the market needs to really be going next is you know how do we get to the same the same vernacular to explain that same uh, cannabinoid that we we want to make sure that the end user when they're buying they know exactly what they're getting so and so being on the same page as, as industry leaders and that's what the u.s hemp authority and and folks can learn about it at ushempauthority.org has created those first cgmp standards for the hemp dietary supplement food and cosmetics industry and we have also created a glossary and in version 2.0, which was just released, 
we created standardized definitions for broad spectrum, full spectrum, and isolate. Here's the challenge. And we, we're having to put out version 2.1 because we released version 2.0. Um, and that's made with, by the way, a huge technical committee from across multiple disciplines of hemp across the United States that, that put these, uh, these standards together for version 1.0 and 2.0. I sit as vice president of the board and the board approves uh, and assists with that technical committee's drafting. But it's the technical committee that puts them together. And here's the challenge is, you're trying to create definitions that close loopholes for folks. We know there are exploitations happening, of course, in this industry, folks exploiting the consumer's ignorance, folks exploiting a lack of a, of a strict regulatory framework from the FDA, though we all agree that the FDA certainly does have a regulatory framework for the manufacturing, packaging, labeling, and holding of dietary supplements food and cosmetics, and anyone engaged in these industries needs to be following those, uh, though there are some who are not. Um, but I think that the, the bottom line is we're trying to close up loopholes so folks cannot exploit this, this industry without this strict framework, while also trying to be fair to manufacturers. And so we're already pushing back on our own definition of full spectrum, um, and so in version 2.1, it will be a revised uh, definition, but it's, it's a lot more complicated to come up with these standardized definitions than folks think, particularly when we're dealing with this, this framework that doesn't really exist for purity, for potency, uh, for labels, warnings specific to, you know, um, hemp extract. So it's, it's really fascinating, but we agree 110%. What does full spectrum mean on your label versus what does it mean on my label? What does broad spectrum mean? And in fact, many folks think, you know, broad spectrum means it, it absolutely has been remediated of its THC. Yet we have seen spectrums, we have seen extracts being advertised as broad spectrums that actually do have, when pulled out to several decimal points, a detectable amount of THC. So it's quite a challenge here. And yet here we are putting one foot in front of the other working in tandem together uh, and making it happen. And uh, it's so great that Total Grow is such a part of it. How do you handle, by the way, um, the phone calls that you get? I think with most folks that are selling equipment or ingredient supplies, you end up having to spend, and as you know, sort of in the business of customer service and sales, there's really only so much time folks should be spending on a call. And yet, Folks are becoming little mini consultants, sales folks. How do you handle that at Total Grow when folks really want their hand held and you're not a consulting company, you sell equipment? Yeah, we, we actually take a different approach to that. We, we recognize that there are some tremendous challenges. There's, there's a tremendous learning curve for people coming into the market. And, and we do a few things very different just because of that. Number one, call us. We're, we're happy to sit down and talk through what we know. The first thing we will tell you is, listen, we're not a processor and we're not growers, right? We've done a bunch. We know how to build the equipment. We know what most of the people want and we know what fails. But we're, we're not going to tell you absolutely this is how you grow something, but we're going to try to point you in the right direction if you're making a mistake. And the same thing applies on the processing side. So we, we do field the calls. We try to help the customer get moving or the prospect get moving in the right direction. We do a few things that 
a lot of people, probably even some people in, in my company disagree with. But if we don't bring value to that particular part of the project, like, for instance, lighting, if you if you have a question on lighting, we're going to introduce you to the lighting experts and we're just going to tell you these are the guys we think are good. And that's it. We step out of that part of the transaction because we don't bring you any value there. These are guys that we trust. They did a good job They're taking care of other customers. But we want you to do that. And 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 we, we do that pretty much on anything we don't bring value to, right, that we can't really help you with. We try to put you with the experts. We, we do field the calls. And then once you move to a customer, we, we, hold, we hold your hand, in a sense, the entire way. We assign a project manager to every project, big, small, medium, it doesn't matter. That's their responsibility to take care of you. It's their point of contact. We go on site to help ensure that they're comfortable, that the local disciplines are comfortable. And, and, then, and then when it's time to start up, we're on site right there with you. We feel the pains right there with you. We do the 12, 15, 16-hour days right there with you to get you going to assure you're successful. So we absolutely uh, attack this in a different way. We welcome the call. Amazing, Chris. That alone, I would think, would get folks uh, burning up those phone lines. That's some serious customer service that Total Grow offers, and it's absolutely what uh, folks looking to get into this industry need for, for ill or good, getting into it ignorantly or not. They need that help. So, Chris, that's amazing to hear. Can we talk a little bit more about your THC remediation and and maybe just teeing it up for the customers? I'm sorry, <laughs> teeing it up for the listeners here. Um, matter of fact, I don't even want a subliminal there. We're just going to wait five seconds and I'll start that one again, Mr. Derek. So can we talk a little bit more about your THC remediation equipment, such an important part of the supply chain right now, and so that we can tee this up for the listeners uh, there is a piece of hemp extraction where we go from, we, we take a plant that has tested either at or below 0.3% THC as it was growing on a dry weight basis. We put it in the extracting equipment. And what comes out is this unrefined crude or unrefined hemp oil that generally has spiked above in this, in this raw unrefined state, spiked above 0.3% THC. And that THC needs to be remediated so that our full spectrum or broad spectrum um, products uh, will will test within the legal limit of hemp. So uh, either at or below 0.3% in those finished products. So meanwhile, there's a little piece of the process here where hemp processors have in their possession a unrefined crude oil that contains a, a little bit greater than 0.3% THC. And that's where... THC remediation comes in. Explain how Total Grow solves that problem for folks. Sure, sure. Thank you for teeing that one up for me, by the way. So you're absolutely right. So when 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 processors are processing uh, and extracting that material, uh, it was tested below. But inherently, when you extract the material and you go through distillation, the crude will inherently uh, exceed the limit. That's, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's the stoichiometric math part of, of that, right? So our methodology, uh, if, if you remember before, I, I said I came from Ashland Oil before we started the company. 
and most of all of my team came from uh, petrochemical and refining. So what we did is we looked at the problem in the industry and just like we brought controls and we just like we brought that sophistication, we, we did the same thing. The first thing we did is try to understand what are the real volumes people are doing? What are the real choke points? And and what's the current best methodologies out there? Um, so right away, we, we could see that the average volumes on on a um, uh, on a geographically centralized processor, a toll processor, could be anywhere from a thousand liters a month to thirty, forty thousand liters a month. But their largest choke point was usually THC remediation, because most all of them use the same methodology, which is chromatography. While chromatography is proven, uh, it works well in the lab. It scales up, but it scales up. Uh, it doesn't scale up very well, and it's very costly um, from an OPEX point of view, from, con- from a consumable point of view. So we went back to, to our refining and our petrochemical days and said, okay, well, how do we do this better? And we essentially took that knowledge base that we have. We went back and looked from our uh, processing days and tried to understand how can we bring industrial scaled solutions scaled down from heavy industry down to this market. And that's how we approached this. We didn't look at a lab scale and scaled it up. We took refining scale and scaled it down. So our methodology is very similar to what you would see in a, um, in a refinery or an oil processing plant or a petrochemical plant. That methodology does not require consumables. Our methodology has a very high throughput. Our smallest system can handle uh, 0.25 gallons per minute. And so with that in mind, we're, we're able to uh, remediate THC and keep most of the cannabinoids uh, intact. We're not destroying it in the process. Um, so we don't really see any degradation. And part of that is really, really good heat control and vacuum control. And the other part of it is, you know, we, we're scaling down and redesigning petroleum equipment to match the needs of this market versus trying to scale up lab equipment. And that's really been our secret to success here. Really fantastic offerings that you have for folks. Uh, a, a one-stop shop, I would think, for for seed uh, propag- in terms of equipment for seed propagators and, and indoor extract growers, particularly with the processing, particularly with the THC remediation equipment. How can folks find you, Derek, if they want to get in touch with Total Grow? So the, the easiest way is to just go to our website, totalgrowcontrol.com. There's a contact tab, uh, and they can uh, fill out the form, uh, or there's some phone numbers to get them to the right people. And we're a, you know, we're a full uh, engineering suite as well. We we do design build. We also do uh, operations as well, so we can take care of your operations, provide the manpower. We're stamped in every state in the country, uh, so so we're happy to to help the customers do this as a as an entire project. Um, and help them through the process all the way through. You know, Derek, I don't want that to be lost on the listeners. That's major. Supply the manpower. You're in every state. Somebody wants to get involved with this from stem to, from stem to stern. 
ProtoGrow will be there to assist them even with the labor, the design, the build, the equipment, the labor. Uh, and I find that the website just in general is a huge resource of information on multiple levels, great information on the site alone for those kicking tires and exploring. Well, thank you. Yeah, but we, we thought that this is a fairly technical process. And while we do come out and train you, we do spend time with you, we thought it was really important to offer the manpower. So we will hire uh, local engineers or local chemists to actually support you and be part of your staff to run the equipment, to advise you, to check on everything, make sure it's running well. So so we, we did that because we think it's necessary. If, if I had to think ahead, I think in the market that will change as, as groups get bigger and more sophisticated. But right now we think it's a need and so we, we offer it. And that's exactly what I mean by putting one foot in front of the other and working in tandem together to really build this hemp economy. And, and that's what it's taking. It's taking all kinds of creative solutions and motivated folks who are really dedicated like you. Derek, it's been a real pleasure having you on Hemp Barons today. I'm wishing all the success in the world for Total Grow and for all of the customers that it serves. Such a pleasure to be building the hemp economy with people like you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Enjoy your Christmas. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.